What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by the Beanie Boy himself, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's up, man? Oh, sorry. Joe Dorville. What's going on, man? Were you about to say family? We are um, also joined by our producer, L. Greg. What's up? Hey, man. What's going on? What's happening? Friends, family, fans. I don't know. I was going to say, friends and family is pretty much the extent of the listenership. Um, (laughs) Welcome into Cheers from the Press Box. So for everybody who's new to the program, this is going to be our sports show. We are going to run through the NFL. Pretty big game this past weekend. I don't know if anybody caught that. Um, We'll kick off with that. We'll also talk about uh, what's happening in the NBA world. And then uh, we'll get into uh, the quick hits, which is going to be a round of questions for Joe and I. Um, and then after that, we'll get into our walk off, which is a short essay portion, and we'll sign off with the press conference. But we're going to start this week like we do every week. The kickoff. Hit it, Greg. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Well, here we go. All right. There was a pretty big game in the NFL this game past weekend. Week. Game of the week. Only game in the week. Super Bowl Sunday, the big game. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to say Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, We had the last game, the final game of the season for the NFL. It was the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. First time that's ever happened. First time for everything. Um, I was correct on predicting this game. But before we get into too much of my gloating, Joe. Yes. Take it away, man. What'd you think? Um, How'd you feel? Brennan, uh, look, I I lived my life, especially in football, by one adage and one adage only. A quarter mile of a, at a time? I said my football life. Uh, no miles in football, only yards. Um, father time is always undefeated. He took an L this week, Brennan. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I thought the old guy would eventually look old in this game, and he kept looking younger and younger. His hairline looked great. His hair was flowing somehow, even though it's like in a weird buzz cut situation. I didn't even see any gray in his beard when they went to the Super 8K camera. Father Time, please explain yourself. How did Father Time lose this game, Brennan? It, um... It was. I mean, he it, was throwing touchdowns. He, th- I think he threw like his uh, the, the the most yards he had for touchdown completions in the whole super in his whole career. Eighty, yeah, eighty uh, percent completion rate, and then two hundred one yards, three touchdowns. Um, I so there's so much to unpack in this game. Um, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to just like read off stats. Uh, a couple things that I do want to point out. Um. Tampa Bay's defense, uh, which we I've I can only speak for myself. I've been kind of on this whole year, but they've looked shaky. They've looked like garbage in some games, like that Saints game, the second game of the season, and stuff. But they played out of their minds. Um, they were able. Out. They decided to de- go with the two um, two deep safeties instead of the one deep man on, uh, which is what they did in the first meeting, which is why uh, Tariq Hill went off. So they went two deep safeties. They have two of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. Um, Davis doesn't get enough credit uh, because David. they have Dev- David. I'm sorry. See, that's what I'm talking about because they have. Sorry, technical difficulty. Something just <laughs> fell in my room because they have it Devin White me. on that uh, on that defense. Who's fantastic. Yeah. But is he in his second year? 
Yeah, second year. Jeez. They contained Kelsey, uh, kept everything in front of him, didn't let anybody get behind him. And then Patrick else, Mahomes just decided to drop. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes ran for 497 yards. Ooh, you heard that stat 18 times today, too? Behind <laughs> the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, that's an insane number. It's a crazy number. Almost 500 yards before throwing the ball, just running in loops. And it looked like you could put Benny Hill music on all yeah. of those times he was getting pressure in the backfield. And he's just. Yeah, it was insane. It was insane. And we know that there was only one starting offensive lineman from the Super Bowl last year on this team. Uh, that was the center. Uh, we. I don't think enough could be made of the offensive line being in the shape that it was in. Uh, and we saw that JPP had a great game. Vita Vea was all over the place. They lined him up on the outside to pass rush from the end position, which was crazy. Uh, and Dominican Sue had a couple of plays, but as Warren Sapp said on the, the broadcast, I watched he uh, is just say, like a power rusher kind of guy. <laughs> so, um, and he's a dirty player. Warren Sapp also said Whoa. that. But anyway, uh, I Take was impressed. Easy, Sapp. <laughs> I was more impressed with the Tampa Bay defense than I was with the Tampa Bay offense. I I don't know how you guys feel, but that's that's where I stand. Well, um, I lied. The one adage I always uh, keep to football. I was being jokey, obviously, but for all the time, you need to answer for need a press conference with you, buddy. Um, but I usually pick the better defense to win the game. And I was hypnotized by the offense and the magician, mag- magical abilities of one Patrick Mahomes, how he's able to escape. I tricked myself into thinking, yeah, even though the offensive line is a little banged up, he'll figure out, he'll make some avenues and he'll get the ball where it needs to be. Travis Kelsey will tear up the middle of the field to requal do his thing on the outside and they're going to feature the running back similar to how they did last year. And he tried his damnedest, but the Tampa Bay Bucks, their DBs stepped up bowls, put them in great position with, like you said, the two high safeties and just cut off the deep play. Patrick Mahomes even said it. He was like, they're all the deep plays were just non-existent. Yeah, they weren't there. Um, and that's and a young secondary, so I'm very, I'm very happy with the way they play. It's played. a young secondary. Shout out to Antoine Winfield getting that peace sign shade back you, at Tyreek Okay, so you saw, you, you uh, saw his on, explanation for that. On. I didn't see his explanation. As soon as I saw him do it, I was like, yeah, Tyreek Hill had deuced them yeah. when he scored on one of his touchdowns. Come on, I remember Yeah, he's that. like, I don't understand why everyone made such a big deal about yeah, it. He I was did like, it why is Tony Robo getting on a high horse? I was like, Tony Robo, did you not see the touchdown that Tyreek hit, hit him on that one time? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but unlike you, I was impressed by the offense. Uh, obviously, one Tom Brady, Thomas, I can't remember his middle name, but Thomas Brady, um, his passes had more zip than I anticipated. Yeah, did There's not that see that coming. One pass, it's pretty much the definition of what I'm talking about right now, but that one pass where Mike Evans is going across the middle and he bullets it in there. And I'm like, oh, once I saw that, I was like, well, that's it for everything I said on the podcast last week because they're not. If he's throwing the ball like that, they didn't look yeah. like ducks like Peyton in his last Super Bowl. I was like, oh, boy, I'm, I'm in for a long one tonight. Um, but yeah, Patrick go, Edward. Patrick. No, no, no. I wasn't looking for his middle name. I was looking for Brady's no, middle name. Thomas Patrick Edward Brady Jr. Wow. 
I am even more annoyed with him now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Gronk, a Gronk sighting. Gronk was what five for five on targets to receptions, two TDs. He looked like Gronk of old, and he's only thirty one. He's not even that old, which is a crazy thing. Interesting. Him, he's the same exact age as Kelsey, yeah, but for some like reason, months apart. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, everyone looks at Kelsey as like the young gun. And I know he was in college a little longer than Gronk was, but still. Gronk physically, I, I hope you don't mind that we veer off into this debate just for a oh, moment. But physically, Gronk, just overall as a tight end, I would take Gronk over Kelsey a hundred times out of a hundred. Well, I think I, I can't say I agree with you, but just because of where Gronk is now, Gronk looks like most of the season, he looks like he's running with his arms not attached to his body anymore. Like, his body looks just so ripped apart. And, I mean, that's why he retired. He had he was so banged yeah. up with injuries and shit. Um, it, it looked like limbs were just hanging off his body towards the end of his time in New England. And Kelsey plays a, a less physical game. Um, he doesn't take that many shots. Uh, if you remember, towards the tail end of Gronk's uh, tenure with New England, a lot of shots at his legs. Yeah. Uh, I said he was very top heavy. He'll get uh table. But I'm saying in their, the pri- in their primes, in their primes, who would you take Kelsey like now in the last five years or Gronk, you know, seven years ago? Well, it's a hard, it's hard because I don't think it's difficult. No, I think Gronk you is just, let me, you want to let me explain? You yes, me explain? go ahead. <laughs> why is it hard, Joe? Tell um, me why it's hard. I th- don't ask me that. Um, she looked good. Uh, <laughs> I think Kelsey is probably faster and more athletic, whereas Gronk is more physical. But Gronk played with Tom Brady during like his most dominant, where Kelsey's five years are also going to have Alex Smith years in there. Yeah, that's true. So that kind of I just I would just take Gronk because I I feel like Gronk is more versatile as a tight end. He can yeah, block. Yeah, Gronk is a better blocker obviously. Yeah. And he creates such a mission because he's bigger than Kelsey. Yeah. He does yeah. create a mismatch. When he puts his full the, weight on, yeah. Yeah. But um so yeah, uh I think Kansas City will be back in at least the AFC Championship We're not next done year. Talking about the game, but No, no, no. I'm oh, just okay. saying I think I think they'll be back. I I was also very impressed uh, a few times that they got to, the I mean, they got money. to him. No, I was not in prep. <laughs> as I was walking back here to record this, he was on the fucking daily show with Trevor Noah. And I was like, the fuck is he doing on our television? Well, he's a Super Bowl um, champion now. Man. I think he had like what? 120 plus off. Lane Gabbard also Super Bowl champion. I, know, I hated that one. I, I hated Mizzou <sighs> immediately tweeting out a photo. I was like, oh, get out oh, of here. Oh, fuck you, Mizzou. <laughs> But it's uh, like when Penn State put out the, the yeah, thing that all said, but five, <laughs> and then smaller, all but five. Like, what get out of here. I um was impressed though. There were a few times Patrick Mahomes was like getting tackled and just you know flung the ball out, That's not what looking I wanted to talk about for sure. And twice, twice it hit Kelsey one time and Tariq Hill both in the helmet. I was gonna say actually it was three times. Kelsey one time in the helmet, Tariq one time in the helmet, and then Darren Williams, the running back on that last one when he's oh yeah pretty much parallel with the ground, hits him right in the dang face mask. So I'm like. Uh, what else does he need to do? Yeah, so <laughs> I was impressed. Yeah, more with power that. so it just gets stuck in your face mask like we're watching the longest <laughs> that yard would or be something. Hilarious. <laughs> I was really impressed with that. I also um, agree with a lot of the pun entry today. That uh, yeah, some of those calls were ticky tack calls, but 
Tom Brady's going to get those calls and Patrick Mahomes, maybe one day we'll get those calls. But it's like when LeBron was playing against Kobe early in their early in his career, it's like, yeah, Kobe's going to get the calls and you're not because it's Kobe and you you might be the greatest of all time eventually, but not right now. So I feel yeah, the same way when I was watching this game. I was fine with most of the calls, um, but the call that really got my goat and really got me up in arms was uh, the, the, the P.I. on Tyron Matthews. I knew you were going to say that. Why wouldn't I say that? That yeah, was because the most that was the one where I watched one. it. That would yeah. hit the backstop. It, there was it was never going to be caught. Why would they even call that? Yeah, like, that, that was made no sense whatsoever to me. And that took what I think uh, the Bucks. I always want to call them New England. I think the Bucks were like on a third down, and then they get a first down at the goal line. And yeah, I was, a, yep. and they get to score at the end of the half again, like they did two weeks ago against Green Bay. I'm like, what the? I'm like, that's kind of fucked. But okay, the only but, time. Now, this might be kind of a, a biased thing, but the only time I've ever seen them pick up a flag and say, never mind, no flag ball was uncatchable mm. was uh, when I was playing in the New Orleans Bowl and one of our safeties took off a dude's head <laughs> and Howard Schnellenberger went out in the middle of the field and looked at the ref and he goes, uncatchable, uncatchable. <laughs> and they picked up the flag and they were like, ball was uh, balls uncatchable. And I was like, I didn't even think that was a thing in football. And then again, fast forward to yesterday, and it was like, it's not so a thing. we just we just don't call that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Tyron getting into uh, Tom Brady's face—that was Brady's exciting. Getting into Tyron's face, actually. I mean, if we look back at it, there's look. If you look at the tape, because I think Romo even said it afterwards. Greg shaking like, his head. Yes, yeah. I, I guess Romo I didn't see that. Brady, Brady apologized today via text. I was so. going to say, yeah, what? Brady even went and texted Tyron Matthews and apologized to him. So you know who's at fault there. Um, yeah, because you so, know yeah. CBS white quarterback. You know yeah. how they are, well, Joe. The They're just cutting was, to no, 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 no. Tell them, Joe. Tell them how it is. I won't even blame it on that. I will say the way the cameras were cutting, you only see when Tyron ran up on Tom Brady and wagged his finger in his face. But then when they came back from breaking, they had the other shot. Then you see Brady going up to Tyron and potentially starting the confrontation. And then okay. Romo was like, wait a second. Oh, maybe, maybe Tom initiated this. Eh, we never know. I love how intense he gets. <laughs> yeah, he, he's funny when he gets intense, but he's also very, very annoying. Plus, it's very goofy, annoying. too, because he's a goofy guy. And so yeah. it's like you see him in games where like he'll throw a touchdown and he'll like run and like find the safety and like start talking yeah, I was shit. About to say, I mean, the best example was um uh, when they were playing uh, the Steelers a couple years ago, yeah, that's and, what I'm. That's what yeah, I'm referencing. He yeah, down the safety, <laughs> and he's like, "What? What do you guys say now?" I'm like, "Man, get your ass back in the huddle. You ain't get your Man, ass kicked." What? I mean, yeah. um, guys doing uh, sense. <laughs> Uh, Teddy Bruschi did say on a, a podcast I was listening to, he said uh, they asked him, they were like, hey, did Tom Brady ever come at the defense like that? Like how intense he gets with the offense? Did he ever do that to the defense? And Teddy Bruschi was like, we would have kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> Hell no. So yeah. apparently he's only like that when he has the protection of his offensive line against opponents. Yeah, I was about to say, he's only going to do that against the opposing team. Yeah. Or his own offensive linemen when they yeah. fuck up blocks. Or his own receivers. He'll, he'll give them a good shouting at. Speaking of, uh, how did you feel about the fact that all the touchdowns were going to free agent acquisitions over the homegrown talent of uh, Godwin and Mike Evans? Um, that's why you go get those guys. <laughs> but I, 
See, I'm drawn on this because I was about to say you got to look at the plays and how they were designed. Uh, the Antonio Brown one, I don't think Mike Evans could pull that off against Tyron Matthews in that small window. You need somebody quick and agile. The Gronk ones, those are what you had one that was pretty much a play action rollout, and the other yeah, one Gronk was fake block standing by out. himself in the back of the end zone. I mean, you got to take the opportunities where you may. It doesn't matter who's getting it. The touchdown. I know. I just I felt kind of bad for Mike Evans and Godwin, and even Braid because it's one of those things where it's like you can't feel bad for them because they, if not for them, they got them all the way there. Gronk did not come on until late in the season. Antonio Brown got there late in the season, Um, so they wouldn't have been in that position if not for Mike Evans and Godwin. It just reminds me of like when we have because we do this show, and then when we have like Tyler on or Anderson on. And like they, we get a bump from having them on, but it's like, yeah, but it's, it's our show. Like, Look, that's why, why you go, you know what I mean? You hope you get some residual people to stay around, stick that's, around. Yeah. They that's like how us. I felt that watching why, Antonio Brown and Gronk. At the end of the episode. <laughs> so people <laughs> listen and they're Gronk, like, though. Oh, I was like, yeah, but it's, it's Cameron Brates. Like he's the starting tight end. Like, what are we doing here? Well, Bray was also coming into the game with an injury. So yeah, that's he had true. a back and issue. Gronk, this, he's, you he saved up the whole year for this. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to touch on? Um, I have some great sound from one Kevin Harlan. Greg, you want to play that one? Oh, yeah. And down 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? (laughs) Brennan, I believe there was only like, what, less than 30,000, I know for sure, maybe like 2,800, no, 28,000 people. How does one, huh? 22-5. 22-5. How does one get past all the security and get on the field to have a moment? I don't know if you guys saw the sign that he had before the game. He said, if you give me your spare ticket, I promise I'll streak in the fourth quarter. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, Damn. And I think it's one of those things where it's they're at limited capacity, so they're running limited I can okay. You can't let me, run limited anything on the Super Bowl. Limited, to, yeah. But let me put it this way: so we've been going to some of the events that TK's been having when COVID first was hitting, and everything was like canceled. TK had a couple of events. Who's TK? Tony Khan had oh, okay. a couple of AEW events at the stadium yeah. right next to this. He has the Daily's Place, which is an amphitheater connected literally to the stadium. And I'll say this. There was security, but there was like two guys. So like during those live <laughs> Again, AEW that's events, not the Super Bowl. I understand and also, that, but- and also in that scenario, he's per like the people being invited are personally invited by the people. It's not any randos. There's no, only I know, like and that's true. I was personally, I was personally invited, but uh, <laughs> but I don't know. It's one of those TK, things where I'm, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure they have a thing where it's like for every X number of people, we'll have this many security guards, and it's it's literally a third of what that stadium holds. So know, I'm sure they're t- running with a third less 
security, but it's just spaced out over the same area. A third of the field. He ran more than a third of the field. Dude, he was so slow watching it. Did Come you guys on. think the same thing? Did you thing? think he was fast? Did you think no, he was going to be fast? It's weird. It's just you like the NBA. ball was going to give him some aerodynamic? No, it's just weird because like when you watch the NBA, you're like, oh, these guys don't seem that tall because they're all tall. And yeah. it's just like in the NFL. Everyone is all so fast that when a normal white guy gets on the field and starts running, you're like, He's so slow. Yeah, no. And and the funniest part is, by comparison, the security people chasing them are even slower. Are slower. <laughs> that dude probably runs like a five five forty. Anybody in shape to be the security guard? You gotta get somebody in shape. I don't know. Like they're always like old retired cops or like. I thought you were going to say another R word. Thank God you said retired. <laughs> what R word could have been? Anyways. Anyway, uh, I want to give a huge shout out because uh, I'm rooting for everything that's black this year. Like Wale said, uh, Bruce Arians, <laughs> what a what an amazing head coach. Uh, this guy gave many opportunities to a lot of minority uh, on his coaching staff. Harold Godwin, the run game coordinator, assistant head coach. Uh, Todd Bowles, as we talked about the D.C. Brian Leftwich, who got no coaching interviews. Um, now the Super Bowl winner. Uh, Keith Armstrong, special teams coordinator, and the ladies, 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 uh, Meryl Javadifar and Lori Locust, um, all very integral parts on that coaching staff. Bruce Arians spreading the love around, uh, always, as he says, he's not trying to hire minorities, he's trying to hire the best people. And if they happen to be minorities, that's who I'm going to hire. Um, but there, I don't know, Brennan, if you saw this, but there was a bit of a mix-up uh, in the post-game presser. No, I did not see this. What happened? Um, so, Greg, get that clip right. Um, so, how do I want to tee this up? You know what? Just play the clip and we'll talk about it. We will begin today's media availability with Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Brian Leflich. Byron. Byron. Byron, there we go. Uh, First question will come from Michael Donaldson. Hey, Coach. Great win. Congratulations tonight. Thank you. Um, going into the game, what was your number one goal on the defensive side to, to shut Mahomes down, shut that high-powered offensive down? What was your guys' number one goal going into that game? To shut Pat Mahomes down? I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. That was Todd. That was the <laughs> <laughs> That is a very knowing laugh right there by one Byron left which uh the media people the media guy in charge of that one has to do a better job of knowing the actual name and the reporter coming from you that's hilarious. The <laughs> Look, I'm not a media personnel guy. I'm not in charge of PR. That's a, there's a reason I did not go into PR. <laughs> right, Brandon? I um, got Greg to laugh. <laughs> um, but the second, if you're going to have the first question. Dude, come on. You're going to have the first question. He just said offensive coordinator. How are you going to make? We don't all look alike, man. <laughs> Especially not Todd Bowles and Byron, man. There's like a 30 age. There's like a 30 year old age difference on those two guys. How do you fuck that up? Like, come on, buddy. Got to do better. Brandon, how are sales going on your uh, your hip hop album (laughs) TV? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh funny. man, he that's messed hilarious. up the name and the wrong person. <laughs> Craig, what a guy! All right, all right. I think uh, anything else we want to touch on in the Super Bowl? I'm good. Uh, I was gonna move forward to the uh, NFL honors that happened this week as oh, well. Let's do it. Uh, what do you think about? Hang on, I'm trying to pull them up right now. Um. All right, so MVP was Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. We both knew that. Yeah, we saw that coming. Uh, did you? What? Do you, now I'm surprised you didn't lead with uh, trying to rub my face in it. Derrick Henry won uh, <laughs> Offensive Player of the Year. What do you? I'm assuming you are incredibly on board with that. Um. Well, I mean, I already ran your your nose into the poop with the Lennon Fournette playoff, Lenny. Um, that's why you go get a first round running back. Um, and don't forget, he also got your team to the playoffs as well. I was gonna say he was. We we were very familiar with playoff Lenny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Derrick Henry. You run for two K, you're gonna get that. Um, obviously, at this point, the MVP award is exclusively. Four quarterbacks. I can't stand that. It's annoying as heck, but no, I knew that Derrick Henry was going to be offensive player of the year. I wasn't shocked by that in the slightest. I'm very happy that it was not a quarterback. No, um, they, that's both. how it usually, I mean, that's how it's shaking yeah, out the they last try to couple do that, years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had a uh, defensive player of the year. Guess who that was? Your favorite player, Brennan. Aaron Donald. I heard him. So again, the broadcast I watched of the Super Bowl was uh, Warren Sapp was a part of it, and it was a very kind of I love how I say broadcast. Um, <laughs> it was a very uh, kind of loosey loosey goosey thing, but he made a very good point. He said uh, a lot of people were clamoring for T.J. Watt because he had better stats, and Warren Sapp simply put it: T.J. Watt has better stats because they don't game plan around T.J. Watt. You don't mm. circle T.J. Watt and say we have to double and triple this guy, and he still makes plays. Um, he makes plays because he's in one-on-one coverage or not coverage. He's in one-on-one <laughs> blocking situations a lot and things like that. Um, he said Aaron Donald is the entire defensive scheme. Yeah. Uh, so when offensive ha- offenses has to have to prepare for the Rams defense, it's Jalen Ramsey and it's Aaron Donald. But it's Aaron Donald above everything else. And yeah. Warren Sapp made that point and of you know obviously added on. It's because T.J. Watts a white pass rusher and that's why he gets all that extra love but uh i mean that's why his his brother brother had got so much love for so well that's what he's saying he said his exact words i believe were everyone um the entire white community wants their great white hope yeah um so that's why you know but i i have been saying aaron donald should have been the fucking mvp this entire year everyone knows that uh i normally always root for the underdog but my one front runner team is the rams i believe and we'll get more in that with my walk off later on. But uh, I really think Aaron Donald is a transcendent defensive player, not only for this generation, but for the NFL all time. He's, yeah, I think he has like what, three or four <laughs> defensive player a year awards. Yeah, he gets triple teamed and still makes plays like and people will go, oh, well, you know, TJ Watt had more tackles for loss. TJ Watt had more sacks. TJ. And but it's like, but he's but playing t- at a more advantageous position on the field as well. He's playing the outside. And he's not getting double and triple teamed every snap. Yeah, so. Like literally, Aaron Donald is every single play Brandon, gets double teamed. <laughs> no, my walk off's about something different. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but I do bring up the Rams. Oh, and the, okay. I was about to say if it's Rams specific. No, it's not Donald. Anyway, let's let's move on. We're moving on. We're going to keep this going. Tight hour today. Offensive rookie of the year. Everybody knows this. Justin Herbert. Justin um, Herbert played out of his mind. His uh, coach couldn't get an OC job to save his life somehow. <laughs> 
Shout is he Pep. black, Joe? Shout out to Pep. I mean, he may be. Maybe. You look him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did uh, I did have money on uh, LaVisca Chenault to win this award. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Oh, you had, had money on Josh Allen getting uh, the defensive player. I had player Josh Allen, defensive old. player. There. Hey, man, that was a long shot. Josh it was like Allen a thousand from, to one Jacks. Josh Allen's from the Jags, not Josh Allen, not Jaheim Allen. Uh, yeah. Defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young. No brainer. Yeah, the obvious pick. Um, comeback player of the year. This is the ultimate no brainer. Alex Smith, dude, almost died. Uh, almost got his leg amputated. Okay, and came so back. the list I'm looking at, there's two people up for the comeback player award. There's the AP comeback player award and the Pro, Pro Football Writers Association player comeback player award. You want who they gave it to? Oh, it can't. Please don't tell me it's someone not Alex Smith. It's someone not Alex Smith. And I think they have a good case. Now, I understand for the sentimental reason, of course, I said Alex Smith early on in the year. But if we're just talking about coming back and playing better, do you want to know who they gave it to? Coming back and playing better? Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. No. Who? One, Jaheim Allen. Oh, Okay. I and then I I saw this and I kind of scratched my head. Then I looked at the numbers. Last year he had a fifty eight point eight completion percentage. He jumped that up to a sixty nine point two. Twenty TDs last year, thirty seven this year, uh, and he ended up being what I think second in MVP voting. So I was like, obviously Alex Smith for sentimental reason, you know, his whole almost dying. Situation yeah, or third, losing his third leg. MVP voting. Third? Um, I thought he had four and Mahomes had two. Oh, I just assumed Mahomes was second. No, Damn. Mahomes had two. He had four, yeah. And Rogers had 44 votes. You said that was the Pro Football Writers of America? Yeah. I, I agree with that. If you're looking at it strictly from a football standpoint, yeah, just strictly, strictly football, by the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Then he is he is the comeback player of the year, but obviously because Alex Smith didn't play last year, so exactly. obviously it's one of those things where it's the and story. Again, he almost lost his leg and his life. And I, th- I mean, point. and if you've been listening, I think he lost his leg, and that's a robotic leg under that sleeve. We've never seen under the sleeve. Never seen under the sleeve. Uh, just real quick, last thing I wanted to mention on this: uh, Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. It. I did call that. Did you call God? That? Yes, I did. I'm good at this game. I thought we went. I thought me and you both went Buffalo. Uh, Peters, what's his name again? I forgot his name now. Yeah, figures. Sean McDermott. You, for, you Sean forget McDermott. the white coach's name. Sean McDermott. I remember. <laughs> no, I could have sworn I said seven, Kevin Stefanski. I think you said Stefanski. I think I said, but I think we both said he probably has an opportunity. But yeah. Anyway. Let's move on. Let's we did. Uh, there was also some other news. Not only the uh, NFL Honors Awards and the Super Bowl was played, but we did get the answers to who was going to be elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame for this class. All right, Joe. Any surprises for you in this? Surprises. Um, I'm surprised by how good Alan Fanica looks. Uh, he looks really well. Uh, he looked like almost. Are you like being a serious? No. He looked, he lost a lot of weight. He was a guard. He lost a lot of weight. No, I know he really lost good. a lot of weight. I got <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. This I'm interested that you brought this up because when they showed that clip, you know, and I cry every time when they show it, it's incredibly inspiring. But when they showed the clip of him going to Fanica's house, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was being paranoid or if it's just something that I worry about. I he looked like blank behind his eyes. Like oh, really? I 
Yeah, like I, I don't know. Maybe again, I'm reading too much into it. But it's, I didn't it's something... see his video. I only saw Calvin's video. Okay, he, he looks good physically, but it's just something I worry about with all my concussions and stuff. Yeah. And when they were like the camera was on him, he was kind of just like looking like straight, like yeah, oh, yeah. You, you heard the like, funny story about the Calvin one, right? No, what happened with Calvin? So Calvin said that he did not expect somebody to be knocking on his door that late in the evening. So he was like, "Should I grab my piece?" <laughs> Megatron. <laughs> he just saw some big dude at his door. He was like. Do I gotta go grab? <laughs> Where does he live now? He doesn't live. I think in he lives Michigan, in Georgia. He? He's from Georgia. Originally. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so, yeah. uh, Peyton Manning. That's the obvious. Obvious. It was funny when they cut to Peyton Manning's clip. It, he wasn't surprised at all. He was just like, <laughs> he oh, was hey, like, man, man it, you guys took a little long to get here. I thought you were just gonna give me the jacket once I won the last Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite was uh, Rod when he when they met up with him. He uh, Rod. It was really. Uh, Charles? Yeah, I'm sorry. Wrong Woodson. Wrong oh, Woodson. Oh, look like Brandon. <laughs> Charles. Dude, they, they played play the same position. And they both played on the same team. And they have the same last name. All right. All right. I used to get them that always is, confused. There's a, a lot more to just them. They're the just name. both light skinned black guys. Uh, Charles is a little more dark. That's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. He uh, that that one was really cool because when yeah. they came to his house, he was uh, crying. So let's just go over it real quick. I have it pulled up here. Al, uh, Alan Fanica, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, uh, which is weird that it took a while for him to get in. Peyton Manning, uh, Charles Woodson, not Rod. Thank you. And then Coach Tom Flores, uh, contributor Bill Nunn, who is a personnel executive. And Drew Pearson was a is got elected as the senior. He was a wide receiver from seventy three to eighty three. So that is the Hall of Fame class Greg, of twenty twenty one. Something to say? Well, I just want to say long, long before Michael Irvin donned eighty eight in Dallas, mm. Drew Pearson wore that number proudly, catching passes from Roger Staubach. I grew up watching it, and Undrafted he was amazing. And I'm so excited that he finally made it in. You know, receivers are always the last ones to get in if they're not first ballot guys. So. It's very exciting for Drew Pearson to make it into the Hall of Fame. Well, I'm not. Twenty years too late. I remember. I remember Thirty years too late. Was, <laughs> was that the draft that was in Philadelphia where he riled up the crowd? And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. But I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> oh, well, he came out to, to, do, to do the pick. Yeah. Three time okay. Super Bowl champion. I was like, we don't get Cowboys haven't been relevant in the last 25 years, other than the fact that they play with a star in the helmet. And I'm yeah, really I love glad that, that you were Akers, here for that tidbit, Greg. I love that David Akers went uh, when, this, when the draft was in Dallas the year after we won it, and he was the one to give the clap back. Like, okay, our kicker, great. Yeah. Really, <laughs> I was gonna, great representation, David Akers, I was like, wait, that's, a, that's a kicker. <laughs> um, so that is your NFL topics for hold the on, week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, what do you I got? one question. All right. It's a bit of a hot button issue. Uh-oh. Calvin first ballot? Yeah. Hundred percent change the way wide receiver position is played with that size and that speed. Okay, he was on an zero and sixteen team. I understand that, but I'm saying only nine years in the league. Yeah, I just think his contribution for for what he did for the position six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, hey, and ran man. a four four forty. I mean, he didn't catch that ball in uh, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I think just for like I said, for what. 
I'm he joking, was. man. I love no, Calvin. I know, but I I'm just, Calvin, I just know people that's going to be a big topic. Uh, should Calvin have gotten in this early or whatnot? I think he should. Because you have um, people like Isaac Brew, Drew Pearson's been waiting around forever. Like Greg said, receivers usually had yeah. tend to wait a lot, but for him to only play that limited amount of time and be first ballot, it's kind of shocking. I, I think they got it right, and I'm shocked they got it right because usually they don't. Yeah, um, T.O. waited is, what two, three years? Like, come on, how the fuck does yeah. T.O. wait two, three years? This is something. This is obviously we're going to the NBA next, so this is the last time I'll reference it. But Warren Sapp said the difference between making the Hall of Fame and winning the Super Bowl is in the Hall of Fame. It's just you. It's literally they're not judging the team. It's not who you played with. It's not who you played for. It's just you. So in that sense, like with that idea behind it, I 100 percent believe Calvin Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Solid. Let's go to the NBA. Baby. Let's do it. Joe, first thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> my man, my man, big bro, Kevin Durant. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Um, the NBA. I've been following this story, so I've, I've got some input on this as well, but I'll let you take it away because the right. NBA is your wheelhouse. So I'll tee it up for the folks that are unaware. So... <clears throat> I forgot what day it was. I hate when I forget what day it was. I think it was like Thursday or Friday of last week. Um, Kevin Durant was told that he couldn't start the game because somebody in his inner circle had a inconclusive COVID test. So they said he couldn't start. So he didn't start, but then he comes in and he plays the game. And then after halftime, they come back after the person has taken another rapid test. That result comes back and it comes back positive. They then say, Durant, you can't play the rest of the game. But that doesn't matter because you already played the f- in the first half of the game. So the protocol needs to be better. Either he needs to be taken off the slate immediately and removed from the premises because he was in the locker room pregame. Uh, he was in the locker room at halftime. He was on the floor. So say he did have it. He still was in many opportunities to spread it to the other people. Now, thankfully... A week, almost a week has passed now, and no one else has tested positive, and he hasn't tested positive. And he'll be cleared to play on, I believe, Friday is the last day for his complete contact tracing. But you gotta have a better plan implemented there. Yeah, I know they're just, I know they don't know what to do because this is obviously something new. They're not in the bubble anymore. NBA fumbled on this one real bad. It's, uh, first of all, like you You said, you're emotional. I was burping. Uh, He's around. He's already around all the players. He's playing in the fucking game. Yes. Second of all, he was playing really well. Second of all, first time I love this stat. I heard this on PTI. First time in 837 games, Uh, Kevin Durant has not started. Uh, But this, I understand they're shooting blind. They're shooting from the hip for call of duty fans out there. But uh, this is so wrong to tell him he can't start. Then put him in the game, then pull him from the game have him in contact tracing protocol. No one else on the team is affected. Like it's, I'm just so confused by this. Also, he has already gotten, he got coronavirus back in March. And I understand Mm -hmm. after a few months, he tested positive for the antibodies just a month ago. So I don't know. I understand like, you know, the the virus mutates and stuff like that. I'm not going to sit here and claim to be a scientist, but there's one of two things I think that happens. Yeah. And so I think there's one of two things that happens is you let him finish the game and then put him into protocol or you quarantine the whole team. Or like you I never let him get in the game at yeah, all. If it's <laughs> inconclusive, don't even. OK, so three things don't even put him on the plane uh, or it's a home game. But yeah, it was a home you know game, what I mean? Yeah. 
Uh, but I just I thought the NBA really messed this whole thing up. Yeah, because, this is a comedy of errors. And I, don't, I I understand why. They don't even know what they're doing because this is the first time they're playing with the virus out of a bubble. So I get it. But at the same time, it like becomes one of those things where it's like you're just following the letter of the law or like the rules you've implemented. But at what point, like tomorrow, if the CDC came out and said, okay, you don't have to wear masks anymore. I'm just saying, hypothetically, if they came out and said tomorrow, like, never mind, don't you don't have to wear masks. Medical advice, anybody. I'm just saying, if they did that, <laughs> there's so many people who would just be like, oh, the CDC said so, so we could take off our masks. It's like, just, like that's not... It's a virus. Like, that's not how we like. So, but you see what I'm saying? Like, just because the NBA is like, oh no, it came back inconclusive. So now you can start. Oh, never mind. Yeah. We have to pull you. It's like, just because well, they I say mean, so doesn't change anything. Uh, I don't want to harp on the NBA uh, with that specific notion because that's the same thing that happened in the World Series where Justin Turner early in the morning had an inconclusive, plays most of the game. And then the eighth, his other result comes back that yeah. he's positive. Like it's like that's not gonna second. fucking change anything now. Like, <laughs> like it's done. Uh, a little too late at that point. I'm sorry I'm getting so heated about this. It's just so frustrating that like they're just like, oh, that's what we said. So that's what we're gonna do. It's like that yeah. doesn't just saying it doesn't make it so great the line crazy from Bernard. Um I mean this this is such a minuscule point, but like that that really changes the competitive balance in the game. Like, oh he can hundred percent. And then he can't play. Like, wait, that what? game could come <laughs> back and bite them in the ass in the seating too. Yeah. You never know. I mean, in these games that they're playing without him. Um Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it was like you said, a comedy of errors. Comedy wow. of errors. Everybody's trying their best, but sometimes the best isn't good always enough. right. Yeah, so not good Don't, enough. Yeah, Sometimes don't, but, hey, trust me, my fiance used to tell me that all the time. <laughs> all right, moving on to a happier topic, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Uh, Why did you choose Milwaukee this Last week we talked about Utah. Why did you choose Milwaukee this week? I'm just, you know, I'm seeing who I like and I see who I want to talk about, Brennan. Um, sadly, <laughs> Milwaukee extended their four-game winning streak to a five-game winning streak with a win tonight over my Denver Nuggets. Uh but yeah, no, Milwaukee started off a little slow. People were a little slow. They, look, they weren't where they should have been, obviously. Um, At all. But, they, but they, they picked it up of late. Uh, Greek Freak had been getting criticized about his free throw shooting and percentage being um, going down pretty much year over year. Uh, and he's kind of fixed it lately. Um, the team is starting to look complete. Um so, yeah, I, I was just wondering with them on a five-game winning streak, Brennan, do you think they're the number one team in the East? No, not no. at all. Who do you got? 100% don't. Who do you got? In the East? Yeah. 76ers. 76ers? Yeah. Really? Still? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the 76ers, and I have the Celtics behind them. Is it pretty when, much because Doc coached Orlando at one point? When Jalen comes back. I do have a soft <laughs> spot for Doc, but also, like we talked about last week, I'm so impressed with how... Relative to the talent Danny, they had on the, the way, team. Danny Green was who I was looking for last week. Okay. I was going to say, I'm just so impressed with the 76ers because of the talent they have on that team. Last year, previous years, they have been incredibly underwhelming um, with the talent that they have around them. And then Doc comes in, Daryl comes in, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. This is the team we thought they were. That's why I'm so impressed. They're the number one team in the East. I think Milwaukee is a great regular season team, but has trouble in the playoffs. I want to give a huge shout out to um, just while we're talking about teams turning it around. Dallas Mavericks 
Um, obviously, everyone knows my affinity for Luca, and they're uh, started the season very bad. They still uh, have a losing record, still eleven to fourteen. <laughs> still not doing great, but they did. Uh, they, I think they're going to turn it around. I think they're coming back. They did just beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, so that's that's promising. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> one of the worst teams in the not NBA. A great state, not the worst, but one of the worst. They, uh, they also beat. They they were able to hold on to beat uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors when Steph had a fifty-seven point game. So, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about, baby. Yeah, but they got they got a bit of a ways to go. Yeah, they're three. They get everything. They've right? won three out of their last four, um, but before that, they lost one, two, three, four, six, six in a row. So, <laughs> hopefully, uh, they'll turn it around. Everyone knows my man Luca Christos Porzingis. Uh, I think he's lost all his value as the former unicorn because of his injuries. But anyway, Milwaukee getting it right. You know, they're no Utah. That is the team no right Utah. now of the month yeah, or no last Utah. month. Utah Maybe even four game win streak. LA on four game win streak. Also Sacramento on a four game win streak. You know the funny thing about Sacramento? About a week what? ago, their point guard came out and said when the NBA said that they were going to have an All Star game, he said, "Did you just take my segue? You yeah, I did. son of a I did. bitch! I did. I, did. I, I found a natural segue. Uh, Go ahead. He was like, uh, "That's kind of stupid. Why would they do that?" De'Aaron Fox said that, right? De'Aaron Fox, yes. Um, and then in the subsequent, yeah, the NBA. subsequent days. Good for you. In the subsequent days, I'm surprised you noticed him after his haircut. Um, it's a weird haircut. No, I, I, I didn't know why he cut his hair. I like his hair. Um, as you can tell with my hair journey. Um, yeah, so then in, in, in recent days, uh, LeBron has come out against the uh, All-Star game as well as uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I crushed that pronunciation. Nailed that one. I crushed Nailed it. that. I felt so good doing it. Uh, Kawhi Leonard crushed that one too. Uh, it's <laughs> wait, Kawhi. Last time you seen a Kawhi. Uh, but uh, Brett, do you think there should be an All Star game? Because right now, I don't think the deal has been solidified. Solidified, but they're looking at a uh, March seventh here in Atlanta, where I'm sitting currently. Um. So <clears throat> I've got kind of uh, heads and tails on this. Uh, I completely agree with the players. I think the all-star game should be not played. I think it's stupid, but I agree with them on a moral standpoint and on a uh, health standpoint that it's dumb. Like what you guys want to talk all this shit about like protecting the players and quarantining and bubbles and all this stuff. then you want to get all the players, the best players in the world together in a room. But there's another part of me that says this is a business. The all-star game for the players too, they get bonuses and max contracts based on all-star appearances. So it's one game. They fly in Saturday, play the game Saturday night and fly out after the game or they come in like the day before. So from a monetary business capitalistic standpoint, I completely understand why the NBA wants to have this sponsors for the players, their own contracts, things like that. But I a hundred percent agree with LeBron and De'Aaron Fox and everybody that if you're going to take this perspective of a safety perspective. This is, this is asinine, but the thing that bothers me is they take the safety perspective or they have a capitalist agenda, but then cover it up with the safety perspective, which is hypocritical and it's in its own right. So that's what I think. I think they should not play the game, but they're going to play the game because it's monetarily they're incentivized to play the game. Wow. What a nuanced take, Brennan. You, you, that was my walk off. <laughs> That's the end of the show. Right? Prescott, uh, I've always um, got to say, I'm, I'm a little speechless. That was a really good take there because you really took all my points. Uh, 
Oh yeah, they they say they want to protect the players, and I mean, before going into this year when they were negotiating the seventy-two game schedule, they said that they were going to give them ten days off in March so players could go be with their families, have some respite. LeBron, who had the shortest turnaround from championship to the next season, hasn't missed a game. Me and you thought that he was going to take a month yep. or two off. I thought uh, at least January. sparingly and come back in March. And they're telling him to, yeah, go play every game, play until October, play every game, come back in December. And then, hey, that break we told you you were going to get, Nah, not going to happen. But um yeah, it, it, they're the players as well as the t- uh the league are incentivized to have that game. Um it generates revenue. They said they would also donate some of that revenue to COVID things and it helps um people who are working here for TNT. Um it helps one of their partners. But um it's just it's just an odd uh conundrum that they've put themselves in. I don't know why they wanted to do it um when they had an out you better have headphones on or i'm gonna kill you my headphones just died oh jesus you better have some i completely agree with everything joe's saying though i'm pulled far enough away from my keyboard there won't be any reverb there better not be any bleeding buddy (laughs) there's not i've got really good i've got a really good mic all right it's only picking up what i'm putting down if you know what i mean hey <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there. I completely agree with Joe. Joe completely agrees with me. We're going to the quick hits. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits quick hits. So the quick hits, folks. Uh there was a big signing this week um in the MLB. Um you know what? I'll put that on ice because I want to talk about the ice with Greg and Brennan walked away. Greg. Yes, you sir. are Nostradamus. You called it last week with the protocol setup of NHL and how the games have been played. Um, the Wild had a bit of an outbreak, and you guys were in a four-game series, two and two, home and away. And now that's put your team on ice for how long now? It will have been like eight days. So Thursday days through total. Thursday. They didn't oh, play. So they'll be three to four um, games behind the rest of the league. Well, except for Minnesota, of course. I was about to say, but, and uh, I believe uh, they've changed the protocol. So can you update the people on the new situation with the protocol? They just extended for the teams that are, it's not just the teams that had, were affected by the positive tests. It's the teams that they faced <clears throat> as well. So I don't think if, at, at first Avalanche weren't going to miss the next series, but then they said, well, now you're going to be done until the following Thursday, which was like I said, eight, nine days. So as it happens, more teams will lose games because it's all about yeah. exposure and the risk. And, you know, I understand that, but it's just tough yeah. scheduling wise because they're going to have to make up a lot of games. And, and if not, so then how far- are they going to? decide who makes the playoffs if some teams have played seven, eight games less than others. Yeah. So far, are they thinking about doing the, um, I was just going to ask, are they thinking about doing the percentage thing? Like they did MLB was talking about. I imagine that's what they'd have to do because it's the only fair thing, but or extend this regular season, regular season. 
so far has any of the Avs tested positive after no since being quarantined? Okay, so at least I mean that's something in this whole situation. Um, as Brennan walks away again, uh, I will give a tennis update. Uh, both the Williams sisters won their first set. Uh, the Aussie Opens had started started last night. Weird timing. Um, usually not this early in the year. It's usually at the end of the year, but sports calendars didn't move around. Um, as well as uh, my girl, Naomi Osaka, has won her first match. I believe it was 6-1, 6-2. Serena won 7-5, 6-2. And v- no, Venus won 7-5, 6-2. And then Serena won 6-1, 6-1. So we'll be watching those. I really don't care about the men until we get way into it. Um, but yeah. The Australia's always Brennan. the first major of the year. That's why it's so hot because it it's the middle. Of, it's the middle of summer in Australia right now. So, yeah, it I thought it was Australia, December French, or January, Wimbledon, though. U.S. Open. No, it's. Huh. I don't know. This might be early for like a month, but I think this is about the right time. Okay. It was just weird that they were playing simultaneously with the Super Bowl, though. That's the thing that really threw me off. Yeah, it, it might be a couple weeks early, but it's usually around this time, I believe. Because okay. it always sneaks up on me. It's like, wait, they're playing tennis? It's in the middle of winter. But <laughs> then, like I said, Australia is in the middle of summer. Yeah, so. Summer. yeah they're on the opposite uh, hemisphere. Are you back? I've, I'm back, baby. I've been back. Here we <laughs> go. I don't know if you've been back. All right. The tease that I started the quick hits with. Brennan Trevor Brower got signed by the Los Angeles Dodgers for a contract that will pay him more this year than about seven teams' entire payroll. I believe he's getting like pretty much like 40 a year. Um, are you aware of Trevor Bauer? Do you know anything about Bauer? Do you have any thoughts on this signing? Uh, the only thoughts that I have on this are that the rich get richer. Uh, Dodgers went out and paid this man his money. He will be the highest paid player, I think, in the MLB the yes. next two years. Um, and also the Mets stick it got to his old uh, college. <laughs> he can stick it to his old uh, college teammate, Garrett Cole, who was prior the highest paid player by the Yankees. Um, but yeah, you know me in baseball. I'm not the biggest uh, follower of baseball, but I did hear a lot about this. Um, and I think the Dodgers are now poised. I mean, they were poised. They get David Price back because he opted out last year. Um, they've got incredible talent all Walker over the Bueller, field. Kershaw. Obviously, yeah. Mookie Betts. Three Cy Young winners, I think, at the top of their rotation. Yeah. Uh, and those aren't even their aces. They, they have that one guy who was yet to win in Cy, Wong, Cy Young, but he's one of their best pitchers. Cy Wong? I think the, the day three Walker starter. Bueller. I'm not Walker sure. Bueller. I heard that on PTI. But uh, <laughs> I am I just think the Dodgers are just the Dodgers. They're going to keep fucking doing it. Yeah, the I'm Dodgers. I'm sorry I don't have a lot to add to this. It's just... He's, what do you want from me? <laughs> the Dodgers. Look, you were supposed to tee up the question for me, but you walked away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having technical issues again. <laughs> so the Dodgers uh, create a little more distance between themselves and the San Diego Padres, who had went out and got Blake Snell, aside um, what young winner of their own. Um, but yeah, so they them signing Trevor Bauer, like Brendan said, adds another Cy Young arm to their rotation to couple with Walker Bueller, Kershaw, and um, Julio Urias, 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 
Um, so yeah, they they and David Price is coming back. So yeah, they got a bunch of arms in the stable there. They still got Mookie. They got rid of uh, Jack Peterson who signed with the Cubbies. Um, Justin Turner still hasn't signed. We don't know. Uh, they were rumored to have been pursuing Arenado, so we don't know what they're going to do at third base. But yeah, the Dodgers look uh, pretty unstoppable right about now. Beautiful. There's only one more quick hit left, Brennan. One more quick hit. Do you know which one it is? Brooks Kepka. There we go. <laughs> of course, man. I'm so... For those of you who are listening, not watching, um, I'm having serious headphone issues, <laughs> and we don't like to me not have my headphones in because then the reverb comes back on the mic, um, and it makes editing very difficult. So I'm we trying. Have headphone to, Joe wouldn't have an issue. I'm trying to power through. We only have this, and then the walk off. So we'll get through there. Um, Brooks Kepka uh, won this past week. Won the Phoenix Open. Yes, he did. And, Phoenix uh, Open, a sad Phoenix Open because no no fans at what sixteen is the whole seventeen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of talk about is Brooks back. Uh, I don't think Brooks ever left. I just think he hasn't been playing very well. Um, and there have been a lot of very good um, golfers coming out. I'm going to be honest. I did not talk to my inside source on golf oh, on this latest victory. Inside. I know. I just didn't do it after what happened last week with everything happening with uh, Thomas and all that shit. I, uh, oh. you know, we talked about it last week. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, with Brooks, I, I don't think Brooks went anywhere. Brooks the top player in the world. I think he's he's had a slump, but I don't think he's like, he's back. It's not like Miami every year. Uh, yeah. It was. <laughs> Look, you Ow! fall for that. I don't fall for that ever. Um, I fall for it every year. Yeah, I would say everyone falls for it every Anybody from Miami, we're like, nope, 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 nope. If we can beat North Carolina or Duke, that's the only way we'll say it. Um, which is a sad statement. Um, but no, Brooke, Brooks had missed some time uh, getting, uh, I think he had surgery on one of his knees. Knee, so he yeah, had, knee he injury, just bad been injury. in rotation for a while. We, his name kind of faded from the zeitgeist. Um, and which is what's going to happen to us if we don't record every week. Uh, <laughs> Look, we're yeah, he's been, I mean, he's had that knee injury for about six months. Um, yeah. And then he's been then out for about three because of the surgery. Well, so. Yeah. Uh, so when you put it, in the the rundown, I was just kind of like, "Well, it's back." I mean, he never really went anywhere. But I see what you're what you're saying in relation to he was literally injured. He was literally out. Yeah. So, um, I'm not gonna say like I'll say he's back from injury. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't want to say like, "Oh, he's back," because that insinuates that he was gone. Um, I think he's still a fantastic golfer. I just think he was out. He was hurt. So uh, I think he's he's back from injury, and I think he's gonna contend with everybody at the Masters coming up. All right. Boom, baby. Time to head to the walk-offs when you're ready, L. Greg. Welcome to the big leagues! Two-run walk-off homer for Cabrera. You can smile, that's okay. All right, the walk-off segment is going to be our essay portion of the program. Sometimes it is heartfelt, sometimes I cry, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's funny, and sometimes sometimes it's going to be... A little short, and we phone it in because it was Super Bowl weekend, and then we both had to work today. So, and Joe gave you guys a good hour. I'm going first. Good, good job by you. Um, <laughs> so my walk off this week is titled "Weekend." No, Greg, it is not about the weekend. Who I will say it for the record had a pretty good performance. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I look. I'm the audience. I'm the demo. Uh, 
Yeah, but no, I like how he used the field. I like how he used the stands. The first time stands have been ever used because the stands are usually filled with fans. Um, but that is not the weekend I will touch on here, folks. I will be talking about the big weekend, uh, big Sunday. Guys, I think Super Bowl needs to be on a Saturday. Super Bowl Saturday just makes better sense. You can get drunk, you can eat a bunch, and you can sleep in Sunday. Nobody wants to go to work the next day. You don't want to get out of bed. Just put it on Saturday, or everybody gets Monday off from work and school. So we all can just sleep in because we're all comatose. We're in a food coma. We can, we devour more pizza on Super Bowl Sunday than we do at all. We devour more wings on Super Bowl Sunday than we do at all. We probably consume more beer. There's a hundred beer ads. I like how Budweiser said they're not going to run any Budweiser ads. Many of Bud Light ads, by the way. I remind you of that. Um, but yeah, we're all in a comatose state. We're all in a sunken place at the end of the Super Bowl that we all consume together. So give us a day off. Beautiful. Great job, Joe. Thank really you. Appreciate I put a lot that. of work into that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> mine, I wish it could be uh, longer. Mine's pretty short, though. And this is just something I wanted to touch Long on. Is as overrated. I, as I referenced earlier, um, this is going to be a very broad topic, but it's get busy living or get busy dying. This sounds like it's going to be serious. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> With the victory over Tampa Bay over the favored Kansas City Chiefs, I started to think about how they got there. It was with a defense that has been stellar the past few seasons. Great homegrown talent via the draft. Oh, yeah. And a few big name free agent acquisitions. The biggest, obviously, being Tom Brady. This idea of going out and getting one or two players that can alter the outcome of an entire season is not a new philosophy in professional sports. But this, these season changing players become available. But these season, but these season, Changing players becoming available is something that is relatively new. Years ago, you would never dream of getting rid of a player that had that big of an impact on your franchise. But in the age of player empowerment, it is no longer up to the team to make that decision. We have seen it multiple times in the NFL, NBA, and MLB franchises over the past five seasons. This coming... This coming offseason in the NFL has had more chatter about QBs, the most important position in all of pro sports, moving on from their respective teams to find greener pastures elsewhere. This is a great trend in my eyes. While I love the idea of loyalty to a team, I understand these players wanting a better opportunity elsewhere and going out and making that happen. They realize what Andy Dufresne taught us in the Shawshank Redemption. Comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living or get busy dying. Uh, I love when you go to a movie quote. Um, Always. Your walk-off reminded me of something I did want to mention in the big game recap, actually. Um, Brady did the LeBron James. He soaked up all the sauce from Belichick, took it with him and said, all right, I got it. I can do this on my own now. The (laughs) same way LeBron did it with the Heat. He went to the Heat to figure out how to win, how to build the culture of winning. And then he took it back to Cleveland and was like, guys, I have the I got it. I have the I got something to show you guys. <laughs> look, just look, read this book with me. And also, he also did the Kobe Bryant. Got one more than the other guy. Yep. I just thought it was really um, 
I just think it's so cool. Now, like if how he only would have said it like that was one of the RIP, my big guy. Uh, if he only would have said it like Kobe did when they when he got the fifth one, they said, how does this one feel? One more than Shaq. <laughs> uh, but fun fact, uh, Bill Belichick has eight Super Bowl rings. Oh, look, we're not counting the D.C. Super Bowl rings. We're counting the head coach. The one they got it together. Right? I'm not counting the New York Giants. Um, I just think it's so cool how there's like so much talk about like Wentz and Deshaun Watson yep. and uh, obviously, you know, what's Jacksonville going to do with the number one pick? And then Russell Wilson, Jason yeah, Lockin is reporting that he's getting kind of tired of getting this shit kicked out of him. And so it's like. This never would have happened. Rogers, I mean, Greg, you remember Mahomes, more than uh, we do Stafford. coming up. Yeah, in the in the eighties and nineties and stuff. It's like, no, you play for the team that drafted you and then you retire. Like, I mean, obviously the Montana thing was a little weird, but like it's, yeah, I mean, it, 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 we've seen there's it happen. Players Montana, that teams would give is, up on uh, that came back and had a few like yeah. but, yeah, I mean, Randall Cunningham we've seen it and happen. Warren and stuff. There's Doug, yeah, Doug Williams. There's six. <laughs> there's six potential starters though Steve this Young. year that might trade. There's six potential starters <laughs> that might be on different teams. Is all I'm saying. Starting no, no, quarterbacks no, no. Th- th- that this have, is gonna be. Um, I mean, Russell I Wilson feel, won a Super Bowl. I feel like we've heard chatter about this in a lot of off seasons, um, but then nothing yeah, ultimately right. happens. Yeah, you're right. That that could be what's happening. Maybe I'm th- recency biased. I do biased think there's gonna be some movement. Like I definitely think Wentz is gonna be going somewhere. Um, his name's come up too much to not go anywhere at this point. Um, so, yeah, uh, we didn't even talk about Breeze restructuring his deal basically to retire. Do you see that? Yeah, went from $25 million to uh, like $1 One million. point something, yeah. Ooh, yeah, 1.1, one one, the league gone. minimum. Winston might be going places. We never know. A couple backups. League Teddy veteran minimum. Might go on. Russell Wilson to uh, the Saints. I'm calling it right now. Mark it just like I marked the Super Bowl. So now. Speaking of Russell Wilson, Walter Payton, man of the year. Russell Wilson. Congratulations. Yeah, Brennan, you didn't say that one. Oh, that wasn't in my uh, research. No. Also, Sierra was obviously chewing out Roger Goodell. <laughs> she was going it. on. Nice oh, conversation was, she was having with she Roger. She was going on. They, were, they had that camera shot on forever. I was like, how long are we going to sit here? <laughs> um, I was going to say Russell Wilson's my man of the year for Marion Sierra. Well, it's been like a year or two ago, but I understand. I'm just saying he's always my man every year. All right. All right. All right. Well. I think it's time for the press conference. Hey, stop stepping on my tags. <laughs> you waited. <laughs> and we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. I really wanted the Sierra thing to sink in. Um, all right, press conference. <laughs> Uh, my name is Brennan Tassif. I also do stand-up comedy, so you can follow me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy on everything. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Uh, also visit my website, BrennanTComedy.com for my upcoming dates. I've got a sh- uh, shows coming up the next couple of weeks. And also check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. It's a comedy podcast. I get together with uh, actors, comedians, uh, musical artists. Joe has been on there. Uh, and no, you we didn't talk say about my favorite one. What's your favorite one? Chefs. When you say chefs, chefs I'm like, that's so funny. I, have had an ex- <laughs> I am trying to get an executive chef on. I'm also trying to get my brother on who's a super genius. But uh, that's the yeah, this is business card. Super genius. It's uh, <laughs> it's a really fun podcast where we talk about drinking stories. Sometimes it can get a little serious. Sometimes it's really funny. 
but it's always got a lot of heart to it. And so, yeah, check that out. Subscribe, rate, and review. Also, Joe, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Joe Dorville. You can look up my hip-hop album, TV, by Headphone Joe. No O, no E. You can check out the Twitter and Instagram of this lovely show uh, at Hearing Press. Um, do I have anything else? I don't think so. Greg. Yeah, I'm L Greg T comedy on all social media and at L Greg T comedy.com <laughs> for everything you need to know about L Greg's T comedy. It's all comedy. I do about appreciate I, uh, Earl Grey T. <laughs> I did listen all the way through to even Greg's promo at the end of the episode. And it really touched me when he said, and stand up comedian, Brennan Tassif. Uh. <laughs> Because <laughs> Greg is uh, doesn't find my comedy very funny, so that really that really meant a lot. The real he problem comedy. with comedy he doesn't find you funny. <laughs> <laughs> you think your comedy's right. funny? <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Subscribe, rate, and review, and remember, everyone, as always, that is why we play the game. Hello, hello. You shout out Kurt Flood. The reason that Trevor Bauer can get a deal like. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.